Welcome to episode 89 of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, Christian and I both watched the movie Long Dumb Road, and Christian and I are going to talk about Beetlejuice because we've both now watched it in 2020. (laughs) But first, Christian, the movie you picked for us to watch this week is Long Dumb Road. This was directed by Hannah Fidel. I looked her up. I I had not recognized any of the other movies she had directed. Um, Did you by chance look her up? I did. I didn't know any of them either. (laughs) Yeah, this feels like an indie movie. I didn't look too into it. I think it was in Canes, but it it does not seem like it had a a huge theatrical release. So I think it's either indie or it was like straight to streaming. Yeah. So this stars really. I think the main reason we watch this this stars Jason Manzukis and Tony Revolori, who I think was Flash Thompson in Spider Man, the bully. Yep, he is in my notes only as Spider-Bully. Yes, he is not a bully in this one, and it's kind of weird because <laughs> you only know him as like kind of a jerk in Spider-Man, and he is the straight man in this one. Yep. Uh, so what is the premise of this movie? It's basically like a road trip movie. So it's it's about uh, Nat, the the main guy, driving across the country to Los Angeles so that he can go to art school. I'm I'm not sure where the story originated. Like, I don't know where he left from to I, go on this road trip. I do know that. He said he was originally from some town in Texas, so he was going through Texas, and then he meets up with Jason Manzoukas somewhere, a lot, like somewhere outside of Albuquerque, because that's where this ends. Yeah. So, okay, so it's not like a full cross-country road trip, but it's long enough. And, uh, yeah, so it's just about the two of them uh you know traveling along in different modes of transportation and running into various people and you know having getting into hijinks and things so when i when i first turned this on i did not actually read anything about it so i didn't know what this movie was about and the opening sequence is like the countryside interspersed with the main character uh his name is nat played by the spider bully taking pictures of basically big box stores and i was just like why is this kid taking pictures of McDonald's and Targets and all that stuff, you know? Uh, but turns out he was trying to meet the real America. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, so he's going to art school for photography, so he's, you know, out there trying to photograph everyday life, I guess. Yeah, it's, that's like, I I was trying to pick at the theme of this movie because this is clearly a movie that I think was trying to tell some sort of message with it like it, it seemed to have some form of deeper meaning and that is my best guess as to like this is the real America with all the different characters you meet or at least this is the Southwest with all the different characters you meet and <laughs> all the events that kind of happened to them um, but I, I don't know I was just the opening scene kind of took me back because I, I had no idea what was going on. And then the other thing I did want to point out was you and I both like Jason Manzoukas. Um, think he's very, I think he's very funny. My biggest problem with Jason Manzoukas is I think he's always just playing Jason Manzoukas on some level mm-hmm. of like, he's either a one or he's over the top at an 11. Like he is in <laughs> um, the league. <laughs> And so yeah. I was like, I really hope we get to see Jason Manzoukas with range because on how did this get made? Like he shows he can he can be introspective. He has he makes some really good points. So I was really hoping to see something a little bit different from him. And 
while we did kind of get that, I, I still feel like I was very much just like, this is Jason Manzoukas playing Jason Manzoukas. Yeah, and I think that was n- no more apparent in this movie than when they got into the Fast and Furious movies and it just turned into an episode of How Did This Get Made? Oh, there was like solid three minutes of them talking about... <laughs> three, four minutes of them talking about Fast and Furious 1 through 3 and then Manzoukas not knowing that epi- like the the movies four through eight exist and that paul walker died <laughs> yeah when he, he says like they bring the rock in he's like the wrestler yeah i mean that that is funny and i have to imagine that's something that like i feel like this part was written for jason for like manzoukas right like i don't know if anyone else could play this role mm-hmm yeah, I would agree with that. And so I don't know if that's something he brought in or they specifically wrote that in because they talk about that so much on how did this get made. <laughs> uh, one thing that threw me off, though, no one in this movie seems to have a smartphone. That was very weird. I mean, the, the only time that it really came up was uh, when he says there's no bus station in this town. And that kind of turns around and it looks like he's like tapping on his phone. And then he's like, oh, are you kidding me? And so it's like he was, he, he like Googled it to confirm. But yeah, at no real other point does it feel like anyone has any kind of technology. Right, and it would have probably helped because the very first scene of how Nat and Manzoukas meet is Nat's car breaks down at a gas station. And he, ha- and he ends up just like walking to a service center, like a garage, and running into Manzoukas. You'd think he would have like Googled a place and called them to come tow his car or something? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I would buy that. Like, it's the Southwest. It's the desert. Maybe he didn't have service. But yeah, moving forward after that, didn't really make sense for nobody to have any kind of a phone. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you think about when Nat and, and Minzuka's first meet? It was. I mean, it's exactly what I would have expected from Manzukas. He comes out of the garage in his like mechanics jumpsuit, all swearing and and upset and just kind of grabs this kid and brings him along like a whirlwind and the kid's just kind of there. (laughs) Yeah. So Manzoukas like fixes his car and then basically instead of payment guilts him into giving him a ride like 45 (laughs) minutes out of his way, which I kind of understand. Like if, if you're that character, like Manzoukas is playing a drifter at this point, it seems like Mm -hmm. I would be real hesitant to give him a ride, but if you went out of his way to really help you, I think you got to, and, and Matt ends up doing it. Uh, I don't know if I would have invited him to drive across the rest of my trip with me, though. <laughs> See, yeah, that's where I had the hang up. I, I would have probably, without hesitation, have let him come with me to like the next town over, whatever it was, Alpine. Like, you just fixed my car. You did it for free. You like told me you don't want payment. But can you take me 45 minutes up the road? Absolutely. And when... <laughs> He got out of the car. I probably would have hit the gas fast enough that I wasn't there when he realized that the bus station was closed. Well, yeah, because isn't uh, wasn't on the forty five minute drive. Manzukas pulled out uh, like weed and a beer and was like, "Can I smoke and drink this in here?" And I would be like, "Yeah, I'm getting away." From, like you know, like I don't know if I would necessarily want someone doing that in my car. And I'd be like, "Well, I'm dropping you off." Like we're clearly from two different styles of life. Like I'm headed out. Yeah. yeah good luck. Uh, he calls the joint a jazz cigarette, and it was maybe my favorite line of the movie. I just, I love that phrase. 
Well, that's an instance where I think having a phone would help because he's like, drive me to this bus station in this town. Like one of them could have Googled to make sure that there was a bus station in that town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or a functioning one at least. And then he doesn't just offer to drive Mizu because he's like, hey man, come stay at my hotel. <laughs> yeah. And not like not even a hotel, like a, a trailer that he had rented. Yeah, I guess that's a thing. I never it's like Airbnb but with a trailer park. I guess. But it only looked like they were the two trailers and he was like, I'm gonna go check in. I was like, where? Yeah. One thing that struck me about this movie, at least early on, is it felt kind of like a play. Like there's a lot of either monologuing or just dialogue of them in the car or somewhere else. Like there's not actually a lot of action that happens in this movie. Oh, for sure. I definitely agree with that. It it definitely felt play. It was, for the most part, yeah, just the two of them having a conversation in various different locations. Right. It's like they get on the just very disparate topics like first love the some lady talks about fighting a bear off with potatoes that serves no interest of the story whatsoever uh doesn't drive it forward at all but i loved her uh manzoukas just goes off about the rolling stones and mick jagger for a very uncomfortable after a very uncomfortable scene (laughs) this movie is only an hour and a half but it feels really long it's it it does and also like not a lot happens and i had to force myself to take a lot of notes on this because after the first like 20 to 30 minutes i honestly didn't have that many notes and i was like okay we got to talk about something so that i started like taking more <laughs> uh but i will say the movie starts to pick up when manzoukas and nat's personalities basically start to clash um nat gets drunk and convinces manzoukas to hunt down his first love from like 25 years ago which <laughs> is crazy i have had this conversation about a couple different people recently don't just show up at people's houses oh i would feel awkward showing up at someone who's a very good friend of mine's house unannounced like i'd shoot him a text first let alone someone i have not seen like an ex-girlfriend who you ended on possibly bad terms after 20 something years absolutely i have friends who have told me explicitly we don't care if people just show up at our house and we don't like making plans so please just show up at our house and i don't (laughs) it's it makes me feel so weird and this guy's yeah just like oh yeah i think it's fine for us to just drop by this ex-girlfriends of mine who i haven't seen in like 25 years yeah, I mean, I guess to his credit, he does get really drunk and is like, I can't do this, this is too weird, and then Nat forces him to do it, which is also weird on this this high school kid's part. <laughs> like, why is he so invested in this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There, uh, just a lot, a lot of why I didn't mesh so well with this is that there's just a lot of secondhand embarrassment, which is not something I handle well in movies. And this whole this whole sequence is one of those. It's just they show up at the house and then the the woman's daughter tells them that she killed herself. And then she comes around the corner and Manzukis like confesses her love his love to her and it oh man, yeah, it was just a lot all at once. I will say I question Jan Manzukis's first love's parenting abilities. Number one, her daughter's smoking in her room. Like you should be able to catch that. Her daughter's fourteen. Should not be smoking <laughs> in her room. 
make her work if she's going to be breaking the law. And number two, the mother just like <laughs> curses at her, which is crazy. And then number three, from 25 years ago, her boyfriend shows up. She just invites him in and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm happily married. Like, you're not like, why are you at my house? Like, you're just like, yeah, come on in, man. Like, weird choices on her part. It was very weird. However, I will say that the... uh. I was driving through town and Facebook sent me a notification that you lived nearby. Like it's, (laughs) I really like that line because it's an obvious lie, but I mean, is it (laughs) right? Because who really knows what Facebook does? I could totally see you driving through somewhere and Facebook like shows a picture of a friend who's nearby where it's like, Oh, like, and then you're like, oh, they live near here. But yeah, they w- I don't think they would like text you like, hey, this person's four miles away. Yeah, it's it's absolutely not something that Facebook does. But it's something that somebody who doesn't know Facebook very well, but they've, they've like heard all the bad stuff, could easily believe that it's something that Facebook would do. It's also something Facebook could probably do if they decided. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also one thing I thought was awkward was like Nat was taking a picture of that girl and she's like I'm 14 and I was like I'm glad the movie acknowledged that this is creepy because why did Nat just go in this girl's room yeah not not only that but she says he says how old are you and she says I think she says I'm 15 and then she says well I'll be 15 in a few months right <laughs> like, like what is this yeah it and was then yeah weird. then he, he then he gets the face that's like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, and then every I mean everything at this house is just a, a complete cluster. Like Manzugas <laughs> tells the woman he's still in love with her, and it just gets so awkward after that. And she's like, You gotta get out of this house. And I'm like, Yeah, no, it's weird, but also why did you invite him in here? Uh-huh. I guess I'm blaming the victim, <sighs> but <laughs> Yeah, the the whole scene was mm, unnecessary. <laughs> but I I feel that way honestly about a lot of this. Like none of these stories really drive the plot forward besides Francois, I guess. And like I I guess all they do is serve to push Nat like closer and closer to his breaking point until he finally, you know, breaks into Francois's house at the end. <laughs> But the, they're all just kind of little vignettes about just kind of, you know, slice of life. This is what we did while we drove through this town. This is what we did while we drove through this town. But there's no real growth or development or anything. Manzukas leaves her house and he's you know, furious. And then he gets drunk and he's fine. And then he yells about fast food workers for a little while. And then he meets Grace Gummer and he's, you know, back to square one again. Yeah, I I will say I thought the fast food scene was hilarious when he's like, you got to be nice to fast food workers. They deal with crap all the time. You got to say thank you. And then he's like, you don't have to tip maids. They don't do anything like real weird selection of like who he supports in the service industry. Yeah, very strange. Uh, But like you were saying, like this just seems like things are happening and it's very slice of life. It, It honestly not in like themes and context, but in the sense that nothing's really happening, it reminds me a lot of Ghost World, where it's super <laughs> slow burning, it's character driven, and it feels like this could have been like a short story or like a short play or something that got expanded. Mm-hmm. And it had a very abrupt ending. It did also have an abrupt ending. Um, <laughs> we are pretty sure that they both survived, though. Yeah. 
Uh, sorry, I keep saying um. I did think like after Nat saw Manzukis confess his love and then just get blackout drunk, he made the right choice of trying to abandon Manzukis, but he did it in such a way where I was like, oh, if he knew that he was leaving him, Manzukis would probably kill him. Like, and Manzukis yeah. just being completely oblivious that he was trying to ditch him saved him from that fact. Well, it's okay. He threw the knife out the window. Yeah, well, I think Manzukis could have taken him with his bare hands too. <laughs> I did want to mention that the fast food restaurants that they go to, I don't know what it, I, I missed the name, but I think it was called Taco Burger because they order a, they order two Taco Burger combos and a Frito pie. And I was like, I don't know what either of those things are, but I want them both. Yeah, I wonder if that's like a, that has to be like a Southwest chain or something. Like I, I've never had a desire to go to the Southwest, but if this is a thing that exists out there, I'm coming. I don't know. I I would say I think like the scenery seemed very pretty when they did sort of the longer shots and stuff of them traveling. I I, I bet like nature wise, it's pretty uh, beautiful out there. Yeah, and that's something that I think they did right. And it's kind of a hallmark of every road trip movie. You know, it's just like the music playing and it's showing like the views out the window. But I, I did enjoy those aspects of the movie, even if when it was just kind of freeway i it it was it was very pretty yeah i i will say though that my and, and i kind of brought this up before my biggest problem with manzoukas is it's always like him on a scale i think when he plays his more intense parts he kind of gets on my nerves after a while like it's too much and i think it was too much of him on this here because uh when they meet the other two girls who are going to drive them to la after their car breaks down like all that stuff was just like man this guy cannot read a room Oh yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I I really like him in almost everything, but I I don't know. Maybe it's just he was in a lead this time, and it became a little too much. Yeah, I mean, he played. I think he played the character well. It's just like so, uh, Manzukis' character falls in love with a woman they meet at a bar and ends up proposing to her after her and her sister were going to drive them to L.A. And then gets mad when she thinks it's a joke, like he proposes with a novelty ring. And that lady seemed like she actually would have been perfect for him because she immediately was like into him being a weirdo, except for that part was too weird for her. (laughs) Yeah, and it had only been like 12 hours. It's not like they had been on the road for, I mean, really no amount of time would have. (laughs) Right, that would have been for a road trip. But um, yeah, it had been like a day, if that. Yeah, and that leads us into meeting Manzuka's old friend. And this is actually where I like the movie the most is once everything just goes downhill, uh, they meet Manzuka's friend, Francois, who is not what you're expecting. He's a suburban dad. He, like, picks him up with a baby in the car. And, like, Manzuka's had talked him up as being, like, this hard guy who you got to be aware of, like, all this stuff. And then you see him and you're like, huh, like, he's grown up. And then he immediately robs them with his child in the car. <laughs> <laughs> the francois and then the revenge on francois were two of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah like they they were legitimately like funny at times like manzukis is like oh i should have known you would have done this you know like <laughs> yeah how did i not see this coming yeah it's just one of those things and then when my one of my favorite parts is when he's like getting the crap beat out of him by francois at francois house he sees Francois's wife and he's like, oh, hey, hey, Monica. <laughs> like, while he's getting kicked, she's like, is it? 
is that whatever Manzuka's name is? It's like, man, this is like their old acquaintances at least. And then after all that happens, Manzuka's is like, I, I'm ha-, he's like, I don't blame him. Glad to see that he's still in the game. I respect it. Yeah, it's like a oh, classic Francois. Yeah, like it just does not care at all. But then like also has some of the best advice in the movie when he pulls up to the bus station for Nat and he's like, look, man, you just robbed a man and assaulted him. You need in our in a stolen car. You need to get out of town. Yeah, we got to get you out of here. It's like the best advice of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's where they leave it. I mean, I'm, I'm we're jumping all around, but they they have this kind of almost heartfelt moment where they're saying goodbye for the third time and he's he gives nat gives manzuka's a hug and then they all they just kind of swear at each other and nat flips him off and they try manzuka's drives away and that's the last they see each other and i assume they will not find each other again because he's moving to la and they did not swap phone numbers correct yeah well manzuka's doesn't have a phone that's yeah, they that's established true. that at some point I did think it was funny though uh, when so Francois's character ditches them like deep in the like mountains somewhere while they're like walking back. Manzukis is like, "I'm really sorry. I'm glad you're talking to me again, Nat." And then he's just like, "You know where I think I went wrong on the girl I proposed to?" He's like, "I think I went a little too fast for her." Like, like I actually thought that was funny. Like that's what's like hitting him now. He's like, "Well, I probably turned her off." Yeah, that was. And and it was yeah it was super abrupt and it was just that one line and then they kind of like smash cut to the next morning and I thought that was a good choice and it was like they just kind of left it hanging there yeah well the 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 credits are just Manzukis finally probably getting to Las Vegas is where he wanted to go and just gambling mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought was I guess I don't know like an interesting ending because you're like okay he made it to where he wanted to go like he's theoretically not in Albuquerque but I guess he could still be maybe he's at like in an Indian casino or something. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really liked him in this as Nat's like hype man. Anytime Nat was, would say something that he did, like, like Manzukas asked if they had sex the night before. And he's like, no, but we made out a little bit. And Manzukas is like, hell yeah. Like, go get it. And he's like, he, he's like so proud. And then immediately was, would turn around and be like, so I'm going to propose to this girl. <laughs> and so I really, I really liked him as the hype man, but anytime he got like behind the driver's seat of the narrative, it became a little, it became a lot. <laughs> right. Like I think his role was to play like a, as like he was the screw up big brother. Like he's very positive, positive about his little brother and Nat, but then also mm-hmm. would just screw everything up. Uh, I also liked the end when they robbed Francois house is basically a role reversal where Nat is acting crazy and Manzukas is like, we cannot, he's like, oh, we, we can't just walk in the door. It's not going, it, it's not going to be unlocked and then it's unlocked. He's like, of course it is. <laughs> and like all that stuff. Like, I thought that was really good job of like doing the role reversal of like crazy to sane between the characters. Yeah, that, that was a good symmetry. But then they, they immediately flip flop again before the end of the scene, because he's like, all right, we got the car. Let's get out of here. And Manzukas is like, no, I'm going to go take a dump on his porch first. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, if we're in, we're going to be in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so I also liked as they were driving away where he's like, yeah, you assaulted that guy. You probably killed him. And that was like, wait, really? He's like, no, you didn't kill him. He probably needs stitches. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, I like I said, like I think the ending when everything kind of made, got to its crescendo is like when I liked it the most. Uh, so I wish they would have had more of that because the rest of it was just slow, which I, I think yeah. that's what they're going for. But it was too slow for me. It just took yeah, it took a little too long to get there. So Christian, do you know how this fared with critics? I do. So this has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes for critics, a 52% for audience, which kind of surprises me. I wouldn't have expected the critics to like this that much. I'm actually not as... This feels like a like a movie for people who like movies more so than the general audience of like Netflix. So I, I, I'm, I'm closer to the audience score on this one, but I'm not as surprised by the critics liking it. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I could definitely see how this is like critic bait, but I, uh, I'm just surprised it worked. <laughs> I will, I will say it's well, it's well acted. Oh, for sure. That I, I, yeah, I don't mean to say that like anyone's bad in this Manzukas is good. It's just his character is, you know, over the top. Uh, so box office wise, we actually don't know very much. I couldn't find a budget on it, and the box office was four thousand six hundred seventy-seven dollars. So this did not open in very many theaters. No. It's like a, it, it, this had to have been a. I want to say this was a really small budget, but Jason Manzukis was in it, and I cannot imagine like even though he's not like an A-list celebrity, like he is still a known television actor. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I don't, and also the kid who was in Spider-Man had, I wonder if this is before he was in Spider-Man. This came out in 2018, so I think at least one of the Spider-Mans was out by then, but it was, it's probably close. I, I think so too. It's one of those things where this came out in 2018, but like, when did they film it first? When did they film Spider-Man yeah, and true. stuff? But yeah, it's, it's in the same time frame. I also wanted to point out that uh, the ex that they go and visit is Casey Wilson who is uh, she was on happy endings and a few other TV shows, but she was the guest on the episode of how did this get made for drop dead Fred, where they're all screaming at each other. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not. I mean, I remember that episode. I don't specifically remember like her, her on it being like the guest. <laughs> That's funny. yeah, that was so yeah. As soon as she came to the door, I was like, Oh my God, no way. <laughs> That's great. Um, so would you recommend this movie to our audience? Honestly, I don't think that I would. It was fine for what it was, but it was, yeah, just a little too long, and it didn't have quite enough substance. And the substance that it did have yeah. was the wrong kind. Yeah, I don't think I would recommend people check it out. It is a long hour and 30, and like if you like indie movies, I'd say maybe, but otherwise I, I think this is a pass. Yeah okay christian i rewatched uh beetlejuice for the first time in quite a while a couple <laughs> probably close to 10 years at this point now uh i am curious because you said you didn't like it as much and i was kind of anticipating you to like it and i also watched this with my wife who had never saw this before and she just said it was okay as well so now I am interested to actually hear like what your thoughts on it specifically were because I think Beetlejuice is great. Yeah, I I don't know honestly. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to answer this. I just the the vibe wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know. It was I love the practical effects. I we we talked about that I think a few weeks ago when when I first mentioned Beetlejuice and I know we talked about it last week when we were going over Halloween movies. 
The practical effects are amazing, and I will always respect practical effects in every movie that I see them in. It was just, it was a lot. <laughs> was Did you just think the plot was dumb? Because I guess under the rewatch, I'm like, okay, this is, I can see like the plot doesn't hold up. Also, a surprise maybe is Beetlejuice actually isn't in it that much. <laughs> Honestly, I think he's the part I don't like that much. I wish he was in it really. You, so you didn't. <laughs> You didn't like Michael Keaton, him being just like the worst thing ever. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was rough. I think part of it is I'm only really now used to like sinister Michael Keaton as like the vulture. And (laughs) I and and I've seen him in other things, but he always plays like semi serious roles. Like I thought he was great in Spotlight and seeing him as this like gross weirdo. was. A little much. It was, it was like the cognitive dissonance was there. Really? See, I think I think he's. I think Beetlejuice is funny because he's meant to be like just this horrible person or ghost or whatever. And I think he plays that role so well because he's just disgusting. He's gross. He's despicable. And I I just love some of the side jokes they have, like when they create like the the house of ill repute that like the <laughs> one lady creates for him to go to i just think all that stuff involving him was funny i, I i'm on the opposite and i wish they would have had him more because i think the slowest parts are actually dealing with a super young and skinny alec baldwin <laughs> and his wife that is something the... I, that it's not that i wasn't prepared for it but it's always like it's always fun to see people much younger than i'm used to seeing them because the alec baldwin i know is basically the one from 30 rock Yes, and so I mean he do, he's not even recognize that recognizable. Like if you're going into it, you'd be like that kind of looks like a Baldwin. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd be like that's Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I, I'm I'm too young for like his SNL days and and stuff like that. So it, it's that was that was a trip. I also I do like Gina Davis. I've I like her and everything I see her in. So that was it was fun to see her. But yeah, this this movie was just. It was, it was a lot. That's <laughs> I just I keep saying that, but that's the best way I know to describe it. I think my least favorite part is probably actually Lydia, like the goth girl dressing up as like she lives in a funeral parlor, <laughs> like in her own. Oh house. yeah, Winona. Yeah, she was actually Winona was pretty good in it. I I looked it up. Apparently, like nine other people, like famous eighties actresses, like young actresses, turned it down before she took before she took huh. it. Yeah, and it, I mean, uh, it, what did you it, think about the soundtrack? Because that was the one thing I forgot to bring up with you. Did you like the soundtrack? I don't know that I really noticed it. I I know the the song uh, "Shake Shake Shake Sonora" because my cousins played that once when we were all at the beach together, and obviously, I just watched this movie this year, and that that vacation probably happened. I'm gonna guess 15 years ago, and so I've known that song for a really long time. And I really like it, but that's, I think, the only one I really noticed in this movie. Really? I Man, this is, like, I guess where nostalgia is taking it for me. Because I think the main theme is, like, iconic. <laughs> and also, like, the daylight daylight coming. I okay, yeah, the, the dinner scene time was scene, great. Right. Yeah, I also thought Lotho, her, like, agent or interior designer was very funny because he had horrible <laughs> taste in design the the house ended up looking very weird they just had like blocky things everywhere they were out on like a patio that didn't have a roof but it had like one wall 
Yeah, it was like one of those things where it was they're definitely poking fun of the juxtaposition of like high society New York, which is just was horrible design choices <laughs> in the eighties, and like the traditional style of rural Connecticut that no one wanted to go to, but like rural <laughs> Connecticut's where rich people go to. Like it's not that it's not that ridiculous. They should have built Action Park there. Well, dude, did you notice they're trying to build the ghost version of Action Park? I, I there? did. Yeah. The one thing they. That's the one thing that came to mind when he's like, and here we're going to put in like the snake and amphibian petting zoo. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're just, they're turning this town into the action park town. Oh man. They would have had a ghost spiral water slide, except instead of people getting stuck, they would, they'd have the ghost push them. Yeah. Or or they'd just come out possessed. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe those people got possessed and were like, that was amazing. We got to do more of it. <laughs> oh, man. I will say I I laughed super hard at one line. And it's not even really a funny line. I don't know if it was just the mood I was in or what. But when they're talking about, like, we have to scare the parents out of the house. And when Hunter Ryder says, you don't know my dad, he never walks away from equity. I don't know why. I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. He never walks away from I'm... equity. And I was like, I, I laughed so hard and for so long that the my buddy I was watching it with was like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Look, the joke was good. It wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, was, I guess I was just surprised that people who had not seen it before. It's one of those things, too. It's, geez, 32 years old now, so... I, I can see why I, I'm clearly watching it with some nostalgia. I did not realize it would be like so different from other people who had not seen mm-hmm. it before though. Yeah. I'd, but I enjoyed it. I'd love to say still. it was just like a generation gap, but I mean, I watched the Goonies and I watched Ghostbusters semi recently too. And I, I really loved both of those. So did you not see those when you were growing up? I never saw Goonies. I had seen Ghostbusters like, probably all of it but never all at once and so it was nice to be able to just sit down and watch the whole thing cover to cover i will say i actually was i haven't watched goonies for a really long time i was a little bit disappointed when i rewatched ghostbusters like the parts that are good in it are really good but they were still at that time making 80s movies where they would just let scenes breathe and go nowhere (laughs) And it just felt like parts of a drag, which I was not anticipating to happen because I had to remember loving Ghostbusters mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah, I could see that. I will say watching Beetlejuice, though, made me want to watch the Beetlejuice animated series because I remember really liking that when I was a kid. See, I do have a memory of watching and enjoying that for some reason. That Well, I, it was made for kids, and it also was like in an alternate reality where Beetlejuice was more or less like a prankster and not like trying to murder families and marry <laughs> underage brides well, that, yeah that's that probably factored into it then <laughs> yeah i remember thinking that was funny too and in that one like him and lydia were friends like they reworked it to some degree mm-hmm. but i don't remember all that much because i haven't watched it since probably 1995 so like you know when i was 24 years ago <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that's a while ago yeah every now and then it catches me too (laughs) it's like oh boy yeah that was oh no there's so many like i i know this is getting off topic but there are so many just random kids cartoons that when i was growing up i'm like whatever happened to that like do you remember mad max 
Nope. Not Mad Max. At, at, gosh. It was a show based off of a toy line. Oh my god. That never goes well. Well, they had a lot of episodes, and the toys were cool. Sorry. Let me... Power Rangers. <laughs> I mean, Power Rangers is still going... So it was called Mighty Max. It was a very random show that, like, they sold miniatures that were, like, kind of like Polly Pockets, but with Mighty Max going on adventures. Oh, uh, you know... An entire TV show for it. It is vaguely familiar now that you mention it. Now that you say that it was, like, Polly Pocket... I do kind of remember having those those kind of pop-up things. Just so many random shows from the 90s. Like, do you remember, like, uh, Louis Anderson had a cartoon about himself as a child? I do remember that. Life with Louis? That, I remember thinking that was hilarious. That's one of those shows that every now and then it pops into my head. And I think... I'm, like, hallucinating it or something. Where I'm, I'm like, that definitely didn't exist. Or, or like, I'll, I'll think to myself, like, nobody else watched that but me, and don't even bother bringing it up with anyone. Right? Well, I mean, that's the way I feel about mostly any of the cartoons that were, like, Fox Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. or, um, like, WB Kids or whatever it was before that. Because those ones were just, they weren't on all the time. Like, Nickelodeon, you'd see repeats and stuff, and same with Cartoon Network. Those ones, like you would see once a week, and then one day went off the air. You never saw them. Yeah, they again. were gone. Well, one and some of them lasted like five episodes. One that I brought up semi recently with a friend of mine that I was, it, I actually was not a hundred percent sure that this was actually real or if it was like a dream I had that I just incorporated into a memory. But do you remember after the Matthew Broderick Godzilla came out, they made a Godzilla animated series? I do remember that because that was around the same time as I, I want to say like the men in black cartoon that was out oh, and like men in black the cartoon, right? Like they were cartoons based on movies and whatever network owned it would like create a kids TV show to go with it. And that cartoon for the Godzilla, I remember hating. I watched it. I'm sure every week and it was terrible. It was like Godzilla was their pet and they could summon him to protect New York from other monsters. Yeah, so I have so many problems with the 1990s Godzilla. <laughs> Number one, I loved the Japanese Godzilla movies when I was growing up. Like, when I was a kid for whatever reason, probably just because, you know, it's kaiju battles, mm-hmm. it's giant monsters and stuff. Like, I had a VHS box set of all these movies. I read the Godzilla book. So I was so excited when they were releasing that new movie. And my parents took me to see it in theaters. And it was horrible. Godzilla wasn't in it. The Godzilla they had rebooted was st- stupid it didn't really have atomic (laughs) breath so i absolutely hated it and so in like standard godzilla media except for a couple random episodes godzilla is more or less like a it's like a force of nature but he's also tends to be like the quote-unquote good guy more often than not like he's not just destroying cities except for a couple of the early ones Mm And so in this one, he was just destroying New York City. But and then in the cartoon, you're right, like he was the defender of Earth. But it didn't make sense canonically for that for him to be that because like it just made no sense between like the movie and the cartoon. Like it just bugged me so, so much. So I'm going to say something here controversial and then uh, and then I'm going to walk you back. So I loved the like whatever it was, 1998 Godzilla. <laughs> I loved it, loved it, loved it as a kid. 
to the point where in whatever it was, I think 2010, when the Brian Cranston Godzilla came out. And I guess that's that's now like the start of the this new series that they're doing. I went to the mat with some of my coworkers and I was like, the best Godzilla is the 1998 Godzilla. And everyone told me I was crazy. And I was like, I will hear oh nothing gosh. bad about this Matthew Broderick Godzilla. It was so much fun. And I went over to Walmart then like two weeks later and it happened to be in the $5 bin. And I was like, hell yes. And so I bought it and I went home and I watched it that night and I was like, oh man, they were all right. It is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I think they have like baby Godzilla's slipping on gumballs at one. They absolutely do. Uh, Yeah. But they're like, they're like raptors. I guess they, they said like, oh, we have to capitalize on our Jurassic Park market and put some raptors in this movie. Yeah, I just I hated the design, the redesign for Godzilla. Oh man, I was like so hyped for that movie as a kid. I think it's funny that you're like, yes, this is the best one ever. I don't I don't know if the 2010 Godzilla movie was good. I, I watched like the sequel to it and hated it also, but not for the Godzilla parts. I just hated the story they had crafted to go with it because it was so bad. Yeah, I d- I didn't mind it. It was just. I guess I, I went to the mat with my coworkers and they, they all screamed and shouted at me that I was insane. And I was like, nah, nah, it was, it was legit. One of my favorite movies as a kid, I, I was always very into disaster movies. And so I lumped it in with like Twister and Dante's peak and volcano and whatever else Armageddon. And them. It, it was just another disaster movie. And I was, I loved it so much. And then I watched it again. Uh, Ooh. Two, two things does the cg in that hold up because i can't imagine it does it's actually not that bad wow that is surprising there are parts uh, of it then... where like where he's actively destroying the city and he's like interacting with the buildings and things you can tell it's all very like rendered cg but when it's just like close-ups of godzilla it's pretty good hmm and then the other thing is actually like I know I I used to like the old Godzilla movies I have I have not watched them since I was probably ten. <laughs> I do I will say those old movies weirdly did not have a ton of monster battling in them like they had their own side stories and stuff and those were always the worst parts of the movie so those the, that those parts have always existed in Godzilla which they should really just focus on the parts people want which are monster mm. battles. Oh yeah, my friend James has a, a lot to say about that as well. Because he came out of that new Godzilla movie and he said there was way too much human drama. <laughs> it should have just yeah. been monster fights. And then we read a review the like the week after it came out and the review said too many monsters, not enough human drama. And he got real mad about it. I mean, the human drama they had too was horrible. Like they had, I don't even, I cannot remember the actor's name. I feel horrible, but co- the coach from Friday. Oh uh, yeah, Kyle like, Chandler. Yeah, and like... I don't. I mean, I we. I think we talked about it on the podcast, or if we didn't, we should have. I had so many problems with that movie, but the highlight of that. I, I think we did. Talk yeah, about we it. Did. The highlight of that movie for me was someone farted next to me in the theater, <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing because they did it in the only quiet part of the movie. Yeah, that that movie was a mess. But hey, eventually, maybe when movies start coming out again, we're getting more sequels. So, yeah, hopefully they're better. Godzilla versus Kong is the next one. I think. Yeah, oh, don't get me started on the original Godzilla vs. King Kong. Godzilla <laughs> lost, and he should not have. Oh, man, yeah, that seems impossible. 
King Kong somehow defeated him with electricity, but Godzilla generates electricity when he shoots his atomic breath. <laughs> Please explain that to me. Oh, boy. All right, guys, thanks for checking out our episode. If you would like to contact us, we are at Gambots Network on Twitter, or you can email us at gambots.blog at gmail.com. We also have a website, gambotsnetwork.com, where you can check out some reviews we have up there for um, movies we either talked about on the podcast or did not get around to talking about, or also video games, television shows, more, more than just movies, but reviews on things. Otherwise, if you're listening somewhere where you can rate and review, we'd appreciate it, as that does help us with marketing. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you.